Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Offload Delay podcast, a podcast not only for first responders, but today, especially for first responders. Privileged today, really privileged to be able to announce a new partnership with a fantastic team, a fantastic couple of individuals that I've had the privilege to meet since starting the pod, but I've known about for quite a while due to their uh, tremendous success and tremendous business that they've uh, endured, created, and brought forward to us as responders. I'm talking about these guys right here. A lot of you may have seen them. Maybe some of you haven't. Hashtag, I've got your back, 911. Uh, that is their their tag. They also have, I've got your back, 911.com. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in this show. In fact, they're both responders. Two responders came up with this idea or at least deliver the idea in 2014 to start a an awareness campaign about suicide and mental health issues in us first responders. And by first responders, I love the way they encompass a large group. They talk about police, fire, ambulance, telecommunications, which is our radio operators, our dispatchers who are taking these calls and trying to get us to them for you. Nurses, corrections, military. It's all encompassing, and I love that. These individuals are doing such a great job raising awareness by selling fantastic merchandise as well. Uh, What they're doing is they've come up with a great line of clothing, really, really nice stuff, as well as decals, stickers. Uh, They have some challenge coins, duffel bags. They've got a fantastic website. And the good news is the stuff is available for everybody to purchase, not just us responders. The money is diverted straight back into mental health and PTSD uh, related issues, related causes, related um, resources for all first responders. They also have a fantastic charitable, um, what are we going to call it on this one? A trust, the charitable trust fund where you can actually donate on, on their website or through them without even going through the merch route. But the merch has become really successful and it's really attractive stuff. I'm going to bring the the two individuals in here shortly. Uh, They are two medics. They are one of us, which is fantastic. They're in the trenches and they've developed this business through the working years of their 
uh, employment on the road as frontline responders, and that's just admirable as all get out. So first and foremost, I'm going to bring in one of the partners here. This is Jill. Hello, Jill. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. So good to have you on. So good, good to be able to form a partnership with you guys and to bring your message forward. And you've worked in in close relations with another individual. We have Sean waiting in the wings here, and here's Sean now. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming Great. on. Uh, pleasure to have both of you on board to tell your story, to tell your side, to tell your vision, how this all came about, as well as your own first responder-related issues you may be dealing with. So what I want to do right now, Jill, is just I'm going to, I'm going to focus on you for a bit. We're going to give you the screen here just to kind of introduce yourself, how long you've been doing what you've been doing, and uh, yeah. what's what drove you, what kind of inspired you seven years ago now, seven years, congratulations, by the way, you just celebrated your business anniversary, correct guys? That's right. Seven year anniversary within the last month. So kudos to you. You're a tough bunch to get a hold of. (laughs) We're all responders. So trying to arrange shift workers, schedules, as well as business owners and podcasters, it's been a battle, but I really wanted to get you on early to show the support that we're getting from you and that you're giving others for the rest of this pod. So Jill, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit how this hashtag, this I've got your back 911.com came about. And then we're going to, we're going to bring you in with Sean here shortly. Just, um, move you there. In 2014. Well, first of all, Sean and I went to school together. Uh, we went to paramedic school together. And then uh, we ended up both working for the same service. Um, in 2014, there just there just seemed to be almost like suicide after suicide after suicide happening uh, within the field, um, whether it was police, fire, EMS, um, and it just seemed like nobody was really um, addressing the issue or talking about it. Um, so we came up with this idea. Um, it started out. Uh, basically just as a Facebook page and a hashtag. Um, we launched it, I think like September 30th, maybe 2014. So it would drop on October 1st. Um, and yeah, we came up with a hashtag. I've got your back 911. It was just kind of something that I, you know, we felt on, on difficult calls or, or, or stuff at work that we would say to each other minus the 911, but you know, like I've got your back, like I'll cover you or whatever. So, um, it all started out with a hashtag. We were encouraging people to take uh, take pictures uh, with like a cardboard hashtag kind of cut out and uh, spread it around social media to kind of get the word out. Um, and then, you know, we, we went to bed that night and then woke up uh, the next morning and it, it was like, it was kind of shocking to see that you know, the, 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 the initial picture we had, it kind of spread all over social media and uh, you know, lots of friends and colleagues had all had all changed their profile pictures to the hashtag. So, you know, that showed us that that there was a, a real need for some conversation. And we initially just started it to spark a conversation and, and make it um make it okay to talk about uh, mental health stuff within the community because I mean at the time it's it's still difficult, but at the time it seemed like it wasn't really getting addressed at all. So, so we set up a Facebook, we set up um, an Instagram, we set up uh, a Twitter, 
And um, from there, all of the social media stuff kind of just like blew up, to be honest. And what led to the merch? How'd you get this merchandise involved? We're going to bring Sean in really soon to, to fill us yeah. in some more. But I know a big success for you has been the high-end merch. It's been a sought-after item by responders and non-responders alike. I mean, the merch, it started out pretty basic. Sean and I just took, you know, like our own personal money and had these these black T-shirts made just with a hashtag across the front. Um, we handed them all out. Um I remember we went over to London CAC. We handed out a bunch of T-shirts to them. Just tried to spread them around, like, the local community. And then um, we thought, well, you know, we, we, we might be onto something here. Let's let's do some fundraising. So uh, we were doing some fundraising through the online um, campaign, like, company out of the U.S. called Spring. So those were kind of the first, of, uh, like, garments that we did, hoodies that we did. And then um, Sean and I just decided that, you know, we kind of wanted more control over it. Um, so we decided to house and uh, that's where, you know, things just kind of like, it's been a, an interesting ride. Um, just really kind of learning and teaching ourselves how to uh, essentially like, run a um, garment uh, business, I guess you could say. So. No doubt. Now, yeah. Sean, you were involved at this point too, correct? It wasn't all just Jill? No. Met in school together. You um, decided you ultimately ended up working in the same service. And that was 10 years ago. And seven years ago, you came up with this idea. So what triggered you to roll this together? What, what, what allowed you two to pair up specifically? We meet so many people in our line of work. But what was it about Jill? Yeah, it's kind of funny because when we were in school, there was a group of us, um, a small group of of uh, five or six of us that basically when it came time to doing clinicals, studying, doing scenarios, all this, those sort of things, we, we all got together the same group all the time. Um, I ended up, uh, you know, obviously getting pretty close with all those people, Jill being one of them. And uh, we were both from this area. I grew up in Mount Bridges, just outside of London. And I was living in London at the time. She was living in St. Thomas. So everybody else from that group was in Hamilton area. So we were the only ones really out and about here. And then the fact that we first, when we started working for the same service, you know, it was just one of those things where we just constantly had conversation and, and we were chatting and we sat down one night and we just kind of threw this idea out at each other. And it was like, wow, you know what, who knows what it could do or not do or you know, we had no idea that it was going to turn into this, but, you know, it was basically, you know, writing some stuff on some uh, bar napkins and, you know, do a search on our phones to see if anything came up in the search. And, and every time that something did, we would change directions and go with something else. And, and uh, even when we put in, I've got your back, there was some sites that came up and then we added the 911 and nothing, like, that's it. So uh right from there we just kind of went with it and but we both you know thought the exact same thing it's like it was like multiple times a week uh you were hearing a first responders dying by suicide and again like jill said nobody was allowed to talk about it nobody was allowed to really you know admit that it was happening everybody knew it was happening but nobody wanted to admit that it was happening i've had the unfortunate experience of having to deal with that with a direct shift mate uh, on on the job 
suicide, work-related, family-related, the whole stress-related to this line of work. And I, I'm super appreciative of what initiatives you brought forward. And I know it's it's just rolling, and it's showing the need, showing the interest for everybody to get involved, to get involved with this important, 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 message, important that message that you're delivering. You also have some grants, is that right? You have some memorial grants? Memorial grants. Um, we're in the process of basically how, how things kind of work with us is, you know, typically we sell the merch and we either take the funds from the merch, kick it into our charitable trust, and then that gets basically kicked back out of the community, whoever needs it, or we donate money directly. So um, often there's you know, a tragedy or, or something um, across Canada. We'll sometimes step up and do a fundraising campaign and then uh, take that money and dedicate it to, to something in that area for people to access. So um, what was the most recent one we did, Sean? I think uh, for the officer out, out west, out east. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, We've done multiple. Like, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's it's one of those things where we kind of step up when something big happens, like the tragedy out in Halifax and uh, – you know, we stepped up and, you know, we, we brought in a special hoodie and, you know, we were very fortunate to have the support of all of our supporters. And, you know, we sold like a thousand of those hoodies in a matter of about three and a half minutes, which enabled us to be able to kick in a big chunk of money over to Wounded Warriors Canada. And uh, they were running some special programs out there for the first responders and their, uh, the, the kids out there, as well as the spouses of, um, some of the first responders that had died uh, during that scene. So, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, yeah, that's the hoodie right there that caused a big stir for sure. And, yeah. Beautiful uh, piece. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even want to talk about that hoodie. <laughs> that, that hoodie caused us a lot of grief. Like we, oh man, it, it, we, I'll just talk about it for a minute. We do, we do a lot of stuff in house and, uh, Optimal limit quantities because um, you know because we can only only uh, uh, handle so much. But uh, we kind of partnered with a local company that made some promises to us that they could produce a lot of those hoodies quite quickly. And so we 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 made it like fair game for everyone, and ended up selling like Sean said like a thousand hoodies very quickly. And then stuff kind of fell through with this uh, this other company. So we just. It, it was a lot. We, we ended up spending our long weekend at their warehouse, like uh, fulfilling, fulfilling these hoodies and, and some of them didn't come out as they should have. So we were kicking out like, you know, extra hoodies for people or refunding money or whatever. But um, the money from that hoodie uh, specifically, a lot of it went into uh, purchasing uh, PPE at the beginning of the pandemic for first responders when there was like that, that, that huge, you know, uh, scare of like shortage. So what we did was we took money from that and purchased uh, PPE and then kind of like divvied it out across, you know, Southwest area. So. Your reach is, is so admirable. How many, how many venues, how many people are receiving the benefits from your hard work? Now, what I'm getting from this hoodie story is it's not all fun and games running a business while you're trying to be a professional and run a career on the side. And Jill, you explained to me in a talk before we got on the air, this started in a storage locker 
you guys had a press machine and a storage locker. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) While you were off duty. Yeah, like I live in an apartment here in St. Thomas, and we have this uh, big basement underground. And I have a like this chain link storage locker, and uh, we had a heat press down there and a vinyl cutter. And we literally, we probably weren't supposed to be down there, like according to code or whatever. But like Sean and I would be down there, um, like like you know, heat press plugged in, like like weeding and pressing stuff. And there's a Canada Post down the street. Carps up. Over top of uh, the uh, the wire for the for the storage locker, so nobody could see what we were doing in there, and we would literally spend hours in there just pressing hoodies and t-shirts and anything else that we were selling, so that we could turn around and you know send them back out, and then we would take them all upstairs, and and we would uh, have you know literally hundreds of packages sitting on the floor, bagging them up, so that we could then walk over to Canada Post and spend a couple hours over at Canada Post waiting for them to process all the orders so that we could get them out and then we would do the exact same thing the other the next day and it was actually working okay because you know at that time Jill and I a lot of times were on you know separate schedules so we weren't working the same shift so while I was at work she was in there pressing well she was at work I was in there pressing and then we would both go in at night sometimes and spend three or four hours in this little storage locker just weeding and pressing and yeah i'm not hearing a whole lot of sleep in here not hearing a whole lot of sleep yeah well i i I told you earlier i make a joke that i haven't slept since 2000 and and like that there's there's some truth to that and sean knows sean knows he's always like jill you you need to go to bed (laughs) our line of work is bad enough for sleep issues, let alone run a yeah. business on top of it. And now you're at how many people? How many people do you have working now? What's the company doing? Uh, we have 10. 10 people. So you've grown to a, an actual full-fledged employee, employer setup. And are you able to keep up? Are you guys getting inundated still? Um, uh, yeah, I think we manage fairly well. Obviously, we have different times uh, throughout the course of the year that are busier than others. Uh, Bell Let's Talk Day is usually an absolutely insane time for us, and it usually takes us about a week or so to get caught up from that. Um, you know, and then obviously Christmas time is absolutely crazy for us as well. And and uh, and then whatever campaigns we're running, you know, with some special limited time garments throughout the course of the year depends on what's going on and what we're offering and how many we have. So. Um, you know, sometimes we can only get a certain amount of things from our suppliers. And, um, you know, if that means we've got 200 hoodies, they tend to go fairly quickly. And because, you know, it's kind of like Costco, right? If you don't get it then and there, then it's not going to be there when you go to want it. But you got to create that. You're creating that, that, uh, mm-hmm. niche. You're creating that. Yeah. You got to get that, that limited edition. And it's fantastic. Your, your stuff is just, I see it all over the place. You were mentioning you've had people ask you around the world you're, you're getting comments on your your merch or you're, you're getting pictures of people showing you wearing their stuff everywhere and it's such a great message to get out you mentioned bell let's talk i assume this is michael landsberg tsn correct yeah I assume that he's a big spokesperson for that uh venue and I, i'm guessing is that part of what led you to meet michael is that, that what was that yeah, that was at a charity event that our friend uh, Natalie Harris did. Um, she was a paramedic as well and uh, basically retired early 
we do uh, post-traumatic stress uh, diagnosis. Um, she was doing some fundraising stuff up in Barrie, and that was kind of like a charity event we went to. Michael Landsberg was a special guest there. He has a um, he has an organization called Sick Not Weak, um, and he does a lot of work for the community as well. So that, that's what that was. Natalie wrote a book, did she not? I, I believe our employer at one point gave us all yeah. that book on Paramedic Week about mental health with responders and looking out for yourself. Yeah, that's a, that's cool. a whole nother, yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's an advocate, a fantastic yeah. person to, to have on board. So my yeah. question, I have some questions for each of you though. Sure. Well, you're, we're, it's easy enough for us to sit back and, and the purpose of this pod is to try and give an insight into our world. Like you, you have your business world and you're doing a lot of great, it's, it's an understatement, kicking it back to us as responders. But you yourself have traumas and mental baggage to deal with while you're trying to help other deal with theirs. And I'm going to go to Sean to start. Sean had mentioned something that's very, very close to my experience. And that is being left in the cold sometimes by these employers and their support network isn't always what it seems and what they advertise. I know you mentioned that you haven't once been reached out to by an employer in your 10 years. Is that correct? Yeah, no, not once. So the hundreds and hundreds or thousands of calls that I've been involved in and some of horrific nature. Um, I personally have never been um, asked if I wanted to go home or if I needed to go home. I've never been asked to go into a debrief uh, by our service. Uh, it's... Um, yeah, no, it's nothing that uh, that's ever been offered to me personally. Um, I know that uh, others have in certain situations, but uh, as far as myself and, you know, 10 years on the road, I'm sure you can attest to this, Brad, you know, you see some horrible stuff and you have to do some absolutely, you know, uh, gut-wrenching stuff out there on the road in order to do your job. So um, You do, and you, you, you and I know that a lot of the interest into our world is – some of those details, some of those calls, do you have, do you have an example of like one of those days that, that you just, it's hard to explain to somebody that's not in it, how the lack of respect or the lack of response oh, by yeah. the employer is hard to comprehend? I think, I think along with all first responders, there's a certain amount of calls that you can recall probably minute by minute, second by second, uh, you can probably smell some of the smells that were on the scene, but, you know, just one call in particular, you know, it's, I don't know, probably about midnight. And um, it was a uh, two car MVC where there was one uh, occupant in each vehicle and they hit head on. Uh, we were the first truck on scene and, um, you know, basically the one car uh, had already caught on fire with uh, the driver was already in the, still in the vehicle. Uh, myself and my partner, we approached the vehicle with our fire extinguishers that we had out of the ambulance. And obviously we couldn't even get close enough to the car because of the heat. Uh, fire wasn't on scene yet. Um, and we literally, you know, we had to uh, watch that person actually burn. Um, and then from there, we need to, you know, obviously change our focus to the other person that uh, was in the other vehicle. And he was trapped and it took us over an hour to get him out of that vehicle. Once we did, 
um, Orange uh, was uh, nice enough to uh, meet us at the airport. We rendezvoused them to the scene, and uh, they took the patient uh, from there. And uh, the patient did end up going VSA um, just as they were doing final approach at the hospital in London. But literally, I didn't even get done my paperwork for that call, and we had you know another call sitting there waiting for us. Away we went. We you know changed directions, refocused, and away we went on that other call. But that was the last that I was ever spoke to about that call. Nobody ever asked me anything about that call or throughout the shift. Nobody asked me if I was okay, if I needed to go home or anything. So, you know, as you can probably imagine, you know, there were first responders on scene that were actually, you know, getting sick, vomiting because of what they were seeing and watching and and that's it's it's hard to explain to people that haven't shown up to a scene like that what goes through your mind and i'm sure jill can relate to this too people ask all the time what is that feeling when you arrive and i often in my world and in, in my own experience i can't speak for anyone you just go into kind of an autopilot mode and you do the job you're trained to do and you try not to look at the actual big picture if you will you're just dealing with the task you've been given but that all comes to an end when the call shuts down and then the reality of it starts to hit you. And unfortunately, this is when the employer is letting us down quite often and not giving us that time. And they're calling us to other calls. We're running off our feet and we're not able to offload that baggage as much as we could right then and there. And I don't know, Jill, do you, do you agree? Do you think that's how you're wired as well? Or, or? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously you kind of just get like to right in if you're on a big call you know your skills kick in and call um i'm on the peer support team at Algin, so um you know i i'm i feel like i'm sort of sounding board sometimes you know what I mean? he probably hasn't had a, a proper like debrief from management but we, we usually check in on each other um and my other service uh, i work with these services they're pretty good they're actually pretty good with peer support um and uh but you're yeah. talking peer support yeah i'm talking like the initial i we often yeah. hear our employers saying how much they look out for us and what they offer and when the rubber right. hits the road sometimes and yeah. i'm hearing it everywhere i mean i don't work geographically near you and it's no different for me and it doesn't well, matter you know, if you're a year in yep go ahead i i just i i always say like through this campaign, I feel like we're, we're doing like the government's work. We're doing the work of the government. We're doing the, the work of the employer that, that should be, should be very well established in my opinion, you know, I think um, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. And but I'm also are. glad it's not the government as much as I want them there. I want right. them to then take you as your right. skill set and you support you guys so that we can rely on you and you can focus on that aspect. Yeah, as you know, well just, as looking after yourself. I just think of of of, of uh, the the programs that are set up, like the, the private programs and you know uh, treatment facilities that are set up across, across the province. And you know, when you have people paying eighty thousand dollars to go to treatment for eight weeks, it's like. And to be honest, you know, they're not having any intensive therapy. It's a lot of like arts and crafts in these programs. It's a problem. So I, I think that trickles down to the employer and uh, we, we just get to a point where, where we have to look out for each other. And it's, it's, it's sad uh, that, it, that it comes to that. I, I'm very grateful for my peers um, because in that regard, 
guard, uh, I, I feel I can be very open and honest with them and truthful. It is getting better. Like, things are far from perfect, but it is getting better. And I do feel people peer to peer are a little more open to talk to each other about stuff. It's a little different than policing, just from what we kind of gathered running the campaign for years, but it's getting better. Um, I related to our government and yeah. our constituents. Like quite often yeah. we'd rather run to our neighbor right, and go to our local politician. It's the same yeah. feeling where you're like, I know you say you've got this under control, but if I really yeah. want some shit done, we're going yeah. with these guys here. And kudos to you. you. You've done incredible work. And I'm sure, Jill, you have calls you could talk about all day long where you're like, you don't know how you're still sitting here chatting today, talking to me about it, that you're not doing another job. Yeah. But yeah. I think the both of you have highlighted a very important issue for the need for the peer support and the need for your services out there. And this comes with uh, some very eye-opening information you gave me about the fact that you guys at I Got Your Back 911 created this to help us. And now you've been receiving, you've received suicide letters and threats or, or at least a cry for help from on more than one occasion, right, Sean? You said you've had how many of these letters delivered to your office or to you or to, to, to Jill? Uh, well, I think the last count over the seven years was 17 of them have been sent to us and you know when we got the first one sent to us obviously Jill and I were both working midnight or working nights that night and they always seem to come in just after midnight thinking that we're not going to get them um, and as soon as we got the first one it was we called each other and we were just like what the hell is this like we didn't sign up for this like this is not this is not what we do this is not like what, what do we even do with this so you know what do you I mean? think, what do you think, why to you guys, what's the trust there? What's the, well, I, I think it's, uh, I think one of the, one of the really strange things that happens with us, um, typically when you see stuff online, it's typically for just for EMS. It's just for policing. It's just for corrections. Uh, what's, what's really strange about our situation is the fact that we have every one of those professions in-house. So everybody from those different professions support us, they follow us, which is very strange because you just typically don't see that. And that's exactly what we wanted to have happen. We didn't want to exclude anybody. And um, because all these different professions, you know, they need that help. They need the, that assistance. And we just wanted to make sure that everybody was included. And I think that's a certain amount of safety for people when they do follow they do, you know, um, chat with us when they do send us messages, you know, it could be three o'clock in the morning and you're going to get a message back um, from me and Jill. You know, it's not customer service number 748. It's Jill and I that are answering those messages. And I think it's a place of safety. It's a place of comfort. And, you know, the fact that there is no judging because we all know we live this every day, just like you do, Brad. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it may sound very foreign to some people that is not a first responder that doesn't have to see and do the things that we do. But for all of those people that do do those things, it's very normal. So again, you know, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that you are not the only one out there that's experiencing this, I think is vital to our followers and, and who follows us. I think, and I'm going to let Jill comment on that shortly here. I think from my view, 
I'm not in your business. I don't have that extra layer of involvement with the mental health side yet. I'm getting there with a bit of a pod that we're doing now. But people trust you because they look to you as a legitimate resource that hasn't screwed them already in some other aspect of their career, their job, and you're real. And that's the peer support thing that Jill's talking about. So when you receive these letters, Jill, obviously they're heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. You reach out. And we're not trained in this. This isn't our job, as you said, as you said, right. Sean. We're not taught how to intercept these. But once we get them, it's in our nature, especially as responders. Mm-hmm. As you've yeah. shown, you've successfully intercepted these, correct? There's been Absolutely. some in there that, like, like you've actually gotten involved and made sure that the negative outcome wasn't yeah. there. And that is so commendable. So what is your thought on, um, is it there's a lack of an avenue out there that's steering them towards you or just that I, I truly believe we trust you so much because you're one of us that we'd rather talk to you first. I think so. I mean, I think we have that additional sort of uh, trust factor. I, like we're both still working mix on the road. Like I just came off a night shift right now. Like, I think we're fairly accessible through social media. So people, when, like Sean said, when people get into us, like we're responding to them. And, and I, I like to think we're a pretty good redirect. Like we have a disclaimer on the website that says like, listen, like we are not like professional, like, you know, therapists or counselors by any means, but we will do our best to redirect these resources that you might need, whether it's like calling them on my way or trying to set them up with some sort of, uh, other organization or, you know, like retreat or therapy, whatever. Like in the last, I'd say through the pandemic, I've probably referred about seven people to um, a a therapist that I happen to know. Um, So I I think we're good. We we, we have access to a lot of resources. So I think that helps too. And, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like people are looking, um, sometimes to even like go to treatment or find a therapist sometimes it's just they they really just want to shoot the shit with you you know what i mean i remember driving home from a night shift on christmas once from up north i ended up calling a guy from florida <laughs> like random guy from florida who you know had had done this horrific call involving his uncle and like he just had absolutely nobody to talk to it's it's a little bit different than us as well like we think we're we're tapped for resources here another ball game in the u.s you know so i think we kind of have that personal touch like i think somewhat approachable um and you know like an open ear as as much as it can be uh, you know quite draining on us um as well it's pretty much here for people you know but it's our job as especially as medics but as responders to do exactly what you're doing someone comes to you and we're not necessarily a, a cardiac surgeon we're not someone that can put in a thrombolytic to help resolve a stroke, but we are able to get you to where you need to go and help keep right. you safe along the way. And that's an extension right. of what you're doing. And kudos. Yeah. That is a fantastic story. It's an unfortunate story, but it's a real story that mm-hmm. you're receiving those types of um, documents. But it's just, I wanted to highlight, I really did, because I think you really need to be commended for that work and all the rest of the work you're doing. But it's it's a heartwarming story. Now you're doing this, as you said, resources are stretched. Am mm-hmm. I wrong to say that you're telling me earlier today you, you were an extra 
three hours at work today, Joe, because there was no one there to relieve you after a night shift. Sean's been talking with me before and we're all the same where you often not eat on shift or you're eating on the run and you don't have the resources in this area are so thin in our first world high-end healthcare system. It's just such a shame. And I know that everyone is appreciative that they, they have at least the pride to wear a hoodie, the pride to know that they're, they're not only buying a hoodie, but they're kind of giving back to each other. And I know that the public, I'm going to call them the public, the non-responders want to know how to give as well, as well as getting some of that sweet, sweet clothing and, and decals. And I think it's uh, really good. Now there's also this, are you guys selling this on your webpage or what's going on? <laughs> is that is that one of you? Is that no. one of you there? No, is that another colleague or? No, I, no, I don't think somebody that follows us. That's incredible. Yeah, that wasn't Andy Lavelle. There's a there's a couple people who like random people who have gotten gotten tattooed. Um, I have a friend or two that has also uh, gotten a tattoo. It's just showing. I mean, we, I think we all have ink on this panel. It's just part of it, it's common in our world, but that just shows to me that you're more than a business. You're a brother and sisterhood now. Of they want to be part of it and they want to be part of it permanently, and that's the way to show. So I, I just can't. I have to ask you both though individually. What's your outlet? You're so busy. You're so constantly involved. You're sleep deprived. You're doing your own shifts. Julia have two jobs, a business, a dog, an apartment. Sean, you're in the middle of a move, you told me. You've got the business. You've got your job. Um, like, What is your out? Just curious. How do, you, how do you release that, offload that mental baggage that you take with you every day, Sean? Well, personally, uh, I like to go get my mental checkup. Um, I, I, that's what I call it anyway. Every three months, whether I think I need it or not. Um, I go in and I, I sit down with a therapist. Um, sometimes I go in there and I go, you know what? Yeah, I don't even need to be here today. And by the time the session is done after an hour, I'm like, well, I don't know where you got all that from what we just talked about. Um, I think, I think your, um, I, I think your support staff at home is incredibly vital to your success, um, and your longevity in this career for sure. Um, I'm absolutely blessed to have, you know, my partner being incredibly understanding. She knows what I do. She knows me inside and out. And I think that's vital. Um, you know, the rest of my family, my parents, my brother, very close as well. Um, and you know what, to be honest with you, I, I think I'm very fortunate. I got, I got Jill too. And um, we, we talk multiple times a day. We You're bounce stuff. Um, you know, and I think, I, again, you know, we're humbled every day with, with the amount of support that we get and the fact that people all over the world uh, will send us messages. We just got a message from somebody in Australia uh, this morning just asking how much it was to send a package to Australia. And um, so that's that's my outlet. You know, obviously, you know, uh, a lot of us will go to the gym and try to work off some of that, you know, frustration and stuff at the gym as well. But I got some pretty good sounding boards. I got some pretty good support. And um, that's that's kind of how I deal with it. Very good. And I think that coincides with Jill just saying people need to talk sometimes. They just need to let it off. It doesn't mean that they're getting answers. They just need to release that. And Jill, do you have any kind of mechanisms uh, of your own? How do you, yeah, like, do you ever unwind? 
Do you ever stop? I mean, yeah, like I'm a self-proclaimed alcoholic and uh, that I, I get it. It's a trauma response. Like I'm very, very aware of that. Um, Pre-pandemic, uh, I actually DJ and I throw parties in Toronto. So um, yeah, so I've been very doing that for like 15 years. Yeah. Um, less sleep, even less yeah, sleep. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's wild. I don't, I don't sleep too yeah. much, but um yeah, I, I like to go to the gym. Uh, I play in a soccer league. I play in a basketball league. Um, but all that's kind of been put on hold, obviously, because of the pandemic. So I'm not going to lie, like tw- the end of 2020 into 2021, I- I've had some calls that have uh, absolutely uh, kicked my ass, like mentally, just all, all back-to-back, like really traumatic stuff. So, I mean, it's nice that things are opening up a little bit again so I can kind of go and get some relief. But, uh, yeah, I w- I'm always calling Sean, like, we're, we're pretty good for each other for the most part. Like uh, we're always just uh, it up all the time. Just like, you know, he's basically you hear a lot of business. Yeah. You hear a lot of business partnerships that are basically, they think they get along well, that there's, there's some kind of deeper relate, but this is unbelievable connection that you're able to have as not only a business partner and successful, but you're also a sounding board professionally. It's just, it's fantastic to see. And I'm not surprised you've done as well as you have. Uh, it's not just because of the huge demand on that we all have, that we all, we're all looking for some more. It's the, the quality of the product, and I'm going to call product the actual giving back that you guys provide. And um, I, I can't say it enough that I hope everyone reaches out to your site I hope that they can get on there. Uh, your merch spans from, I'm going to go back to the merch because hey, I just love it. Um, like we've, we've got animal stuff. We've got pup stuff. We've got, uh, it's just, I love it. I think that the more we can get out there, this is unbelievable. Is that a hoodie? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> on a, on a, is that a Frenchie or a some, yeah. Some, yeah. So, and I know a lot of us responders are pets, pet people, pet driven. I know a big outlet for me is, is my dog. And it, by that, I mean, that's why I get out and walk and think and basically tell her stuff that she has no idea what I'm talking about. And it's very therapeutic, but I know, um, your words getting out. There's this one here. What, where was this? This is a hockey rink yeah. and there's a whole slew of. Yeah. Crystal boards forming your your hashtag. I mean, that's kind of cool. amazing. Oh, uh, that was in Sarnia, Jill. That was Sarnia. Uh, that was that hockey game in Sarnia that we were at, where we did a pop up store, and uh, um, basically they they dedicated the night to our campaign, and uh, there was a whole bunch of people behind the glass that decided to use Bristol board and, and put that up. So that was pretty cool for us to see that. Like, like I said, Brad, you know what? Like we're, we're humbled every day with the support and the, you know, the, the different things that come into us that people would just drop stuff off to our retail store and they've made something, created a sign. Um, it's, you know, we just had uh, Jill's dog. Somebody just painted a picture of Jill's dog. Then, you know, honey's always at our store and, uh, you know, it's, it just, it's, it's all the time. It's, it's crazy. Amazing. And, and, and it's well-deserved. This doesn't happen to just average people. If it's well-deserved, the recognition comes and, and you've definitely earned that. And you're also 
you got a heartwarming story. You guys are affiliated with a various agencies. Your your mm-hmm. website is loaded with a, a a a massive resources for us responders to connect with if we need to reach out. And I encourage everyone to get to your website to have a look. But one of them that you've paired up with recently is the Phoenix Canine Initiative. And this, if I'm not mistaken, is a therapy dog uh, center, a therapy dog training center, is it? They're, they're doing the training through Phoenix, or they're at yeah. least acquiring these therapy dogs, and they're helping, you're going in a bit of a partnership with them as well to help hook up responders with therapy dogs. And that's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Julie, you have a good story from this morning. Yeah, I mean, the, the partnership with Phoenix Canine, that's kind of twofold. Um, they do do therapy dogs. They also train service dogs, like basically like medical devices for fish workers. Um, so, yeah, we've worked with Sarah and Brad for a few years now, um, so just various uh, forms. And uh, recently, I guess in the last year, Sean, I think we, we've set up a uh, our, basically our own service dog program. You can apply on our website. We have a service dog application um, on there. And uh, how it kind of works is we do fundraising, uh, we purchase the dog for the breeder, um, and then Sarah and Brad uh, will train the dog. So we kind of select an applicant, vet them, and then uh, present them with a dog that is basically paid for from start to finish. Uh, by all of our fundraising initiatives. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. The, incredible. the good news today is um, there's a, a medic. It's his birthday. His name's Neil. So happy birthday, Neil. We just approved um, uh, some funding and training uh, for a service dog for him today. So oh. uh, Sarah let him know. There, you know, everyone's like kind of Kudos to you guys. This is huge. This isn't yeah. just... Like these are life changing things that we're talking about. We're talking about the suicide notes. We're talking about people being able to reach out to you and just talk off the record. And now you're into the therapy dog. Like that that person's life will never be the same. And I'm so flattered that you guys would want to come on with me here and share your message and partner up. Cause I that's that's part of the vision of this pod is to get our message out, the real message, the real stories. Right. To let us know we need to support each other and get a voice out there. You're also um, soon to be pairing up with a CFL franchise locally. For uh, Sean, it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Is that right? Uh, CFL team in Hamilton, uh, Tiger Cats. So they're running a program that uh, they've been so kind to include us in, and it's called Hometown Heroes. And uh, basically, it's. Uh, it's an appreciation to frontline workers and uh, first responders. Uh, and again, they've been so gracious to us and included us into this. So you can actually go online. We've got links and stuff on our social media and, and our website and stuff as well as theirs. But you can literally go on. You can buy a package depending on where you want to sit. So you get your t- uh, ticket for your seat. You get a, uh, a T-shirt uh, that has a Hometown Heroes Ticats logo on the front and our hashtag on the back, and you also get um, uh, you also get to uh, in that package you make a donation to our charitable fund, uh, which will then be kicked right back out to support service dogs and pay for the dogs 
and all of the training so that we can, again, just keep giving dogs to different first responders that are in dire need for that uh, assistance. Unbelievable. I'm so happy to hear that they've reached out to you and that um, I don't blame them. I think they're the lucky ones here to have you jump on board and spread the message even more. I can't believe the reach of your services. It's just incredible. Originally, naive me years ago, you see that, you think, oh, someone has a bumper sticker. Isn't that a, that's a cool little slogan and you don't think much more of it. And the more you dig, the more you guys are truly doing amazing things. And I, I, I thank you on behalf of all of us out there for what you're doing and that you're doing it while you're doing what I'm doing, while you're doing your, your, your family stuff, you're doing your, your, your multiple jobs. And I, I really hope people start reaching out even more through this. They're going to see this and you are going to share this and we're going to get the message out even more. Um, I know you're busy now, but I'm not afraid to keep getting you busier and busier. And I'm going to be promoing you every time. Everyone can see now why on this pod, I needed to be talking about not only our, our mental health aspect as responders, but I need to give a way that people can reach out. It's nice to deliver the message. So from now on, hashtag I've got your back or I've got your back 911.com will be part of this show. And it's a pleasure. And I hope they're not afraid to dig in a bit, buy some stuff as well. I mean, it's, some, it's some really good stuff. Um, we appreciate, appreciate you bringing it. The pleasure's all mine. It is. It's a great partnership. It's, it's one of those things. We use that word a lot, that we're humbled, but it's the only word that we can really think of. And, you know, the amount of support uh, that, that we give, we do, we do our best. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, Jill and I are paramedics. That's what we do. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to be able to have the support of everybody that follows us so that we can do more. Um, but you know, if it wasn't for all of them, we wouldn't be able to be doing what we can, what we're doing right now. So that that mirrors exactly what I'm doing now. Someone reached out to me to deliver this, a very, uh, admirable person, uh, Dean Blundell. He, his message is great. He's always for the greater good of moving forward with whatever topic. And when he reached out to me as a responder, and offered his network to get this message out there. It's the same thing. I'm, I'm humbled. And I think together that's how we work in our industry. We're always humbled. If you're arrogant in our business, if you're arrogant in our world, you're not going to go very far and you're not going to do very well. And you're not in it for anything other than the sheer desire to want to do it. And I'm going to slowly, I could talk to you guys forever. And I know we're not done. We're having you back. We've already discussed this. We're going to talk about maybe showing some of your merch and maybe having some more lighthearted fun, kind of just a, just a ripper of a pod of maybe just funny stuff that's gone on. And the, and yeah. the audience is going to see a lot more of you now, we can rip as soon as I can, as soon as I can nail you guys down, it was, yeah. it was very, uh, I'm very fortunate to even get you here today between shifts and my shifts. And, but I ask all my guests the same thing and I ask the same question. So for each of you, this podcast is meant to be a fly on the wall of our world, offload delay, right? So we're sitting in that crew room, we're talking and all the responders are there, the families are there, and we're just kind of shooting the shit about other stuff, real world stuff. If you could be a fly on the wall anywhere, Sean, we'll start with you. If you could be, where are you going? Who are you listening to? What, what drives you? What, what interest would you want to have in, uh, uh, in, in listening in on? Wow. Uh, 
I guess right off the top of my head, you know what? I would love to be able to go back. Hockey has always been part of my life. I, I love the game. I used to play it. Um, I don't anymore. And uh, I'd love to go back and uh, to the Edmonton Oilers days where uh, Gretzky and the whole crew, I, I'd love to just go back and I'd love to be in that dressing room and seeing that and, you know, everything that they had to go through to win those cups, everything, all the disappointments they had to go through in order to be able to win those cups. But just to be able to be on the inside of that, that would be pretty cool. I agree. That would be amazing. Actually, good answer. I like that. And Jill, you had a little heads up, so you get the next question first. But what what would your fly on the wall be? Um, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to. Uh, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, so I would I would have loved to have kind of been around during that era where the Bulls were just absolutely dominating. Just he's an absolute weapon. Um, he's like a perfectionist, uh, a workaholic, kind of like myself. So. I feel like we have a little bit in common, except he's probably the Netflix special gave us a little bit better than me. But um, yeah, yeah I, I would I would like to kind of uh, pick his brain a little bit, and uh, yeah, I, I feel we share some some of the same kind of attributes. Oh yeah, you're driven. I'm, I would never say you're not a driven person, and he was. Yeah. Too, so good answer. Yeah. Now, Jill, um, I'm gonna go with this one. An outlet for a lot of us is the food, the comfort food when we get home. Kind yeah. of have that special thing, but if you could eat one food the rest of your life, what's it going to be? One food. That's it. <laughs> Can I eat two? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's like a running joke with the campaign about like me and hot Cheetos, but okay. I love hot Cheetos, but I'm probably a poutine. 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 Good. Hey. Yeah. Nice. And Sean, what are you what are you uh, digging into? It's got to be steak with a blue cheese topper. Nice. So. <laughs> Your, your homemade style or going and having someone serve it to you? Absolutely. Good for you. All right. One of the things people don't realize is, and I often say in my world, my thought, the worst thing isn't about my job isn't what I see. It's what I smell. The, the visuals are bad. They can be bad. But honestly, the smells are part of the worst. So, Sean... Work or not, what's the smelliest place you've ever been to, been in, been involved with? You know what? Like my my current partner, uh, Jason Bott, will probably appreciate this because uh, we were just on a call in the summertime and uh, it was a hoarder house. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it's it's the first time that I've ever seen j actually, you know, do the gut-wrenching, one of those, you know, there was used depends all over the floor and we literally had to cut some off this patient and fell on the floor. And, uh, that was probably one of the worst houses that I've ever been in. And the stench from that was just, people don't absolutely- realize how common that is too. Like the, these, oh, I know. Absolutely. we can't so- even say hoarding officially in our workplace anymore. I don't know about you. I have to say heavy content. Because <laughs> apparently that's offended, but on this podcast, it's absolutely hoarding. And right, absolutely. I wish I could be have a body cam on me when I'm working, and I wish I could have a scent gatherer. Because there's no describing this stuff. I'm telling you, the, the the average person has no idea what we deal with, and then usually you're stuck with it for days. You you think you can but get rid of it, and it'll linger. I think the only thing good about the pandemic and having to wear masks all the time is the fact that it does filter out <laughs> some of that. So 
If there's anything positive, wear a mask or a yeah. respirator. That's it. And I haven't eaten garlic in my lunch since the mask came on because you're really careful now what you eat when you're wearing that thing Absolutely. all day long. So, Correct. Jill, any bad smells? Smelliest place you've ever been? Is it work related uh, or not? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. um, like this might this is a little not oh. nice, but um, like any I I did a a really really bad burn call like a little like a little while ago. It, it, it's that um that, that's a smell that you you well you can you you're a medic, Brad. You're a firefighter, right? Like you you know what that's like. So um yeah uh human flesh burning basically is like probably the the worst thing I've ever smelled. It's um hard to uh it's hard to forget. It sticks with you for time. So. And that's the yeah. problem, and that's why I brought up the smell. And I agree, it's a it's a horrific. And and some people may have smelt if they burnt their finger on a stove or whatever. But when you get the volumes, right, the, yeah. the larger burns, yeah, uh, it, it infiltrates every pore that we have, and it, and it's hard to shake it. But I find a lot of our memories are triggered more by those smells than what we've seen or heard. And those smells are horrible at bringing up bad calls. Mm-hmm. As soon as you smell something similar, like even a a burnt piece of steak. If, if Sean wasn't the one cooking it, somebody else, you'll, it'll bring you back. So I, uh, Oh no, if you weren't cooking it, yeah, that would be it. He's pretty but good. Cook. I, I, uh, I would never ever second guess anything you guys are doing. Cause you're such uh, you're real go-getters, you're hard workers. You're doing a fantastic job and I'm going to end it here. This is, uh, I could talk to you guys for hours. And if you have anything you'd like to say before we go, uh, have at her. If you'd like people just to kind of tune into your, your webpage and have at least a look at your, your mission statements and your objectives and that, I think there's a lot to be learned there. Uh, but we are going to be seeing a lot more of you. So awesome. thank you. Yeah. And you know yeah. what, again, Brad, we just want to thank you for bringing us on and, um, you know, uh, obviously trying to spread our message and, and what we currently do and, and how we can expand that in, you know, so many different ways as well. But uh, again, we, we appreciate all that you're doing as well and the, the podcast and uh, hopefully uh, this gets out to an awful lot of people. This makes it worthwhile to be able to deliver everyone's message like this, especially yours. It really does make it worthwhile. And I, I hope the Christmas orders aren't overwhelming. I hope listening, get their orders in soon. They can be overwhelming, but they just need to be patient. There you go. Yeah. Isn't that like everything we do at work? Yeah. Yeah. Always overwhelming, but they're in patient. World now, right? We don't have problems. Very good. Well, thank you guys again, Jill. Any any final thoughts here? I mean, uh, just uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Just from from the very beginning, um, I think Sean and I said, you know, if we this might sound a little bit cheesy or whatever, but if we can help just one person then you know we've done done our job and, and and sure like the merch is the merch is awesome the merch is great um but i like to think there's a little deeper meaning behind it um and it's kind of sort of like gelled together a community you know what i mean so well done you guys very well done i look forward to chatting with you again i'm going to kind of click you out here um cool. i encourage everyone to get back on your your uh your site that's your that's your hashtag and then we also have your 
your webpage there. I've got your back 911.com and it's a really nice site flows. Well, lots of merch pictures on it, lots of great resources. There's a helpline on there an immediate helpline. And as we, we didn't even touch on that per se, but it's a, uh, peer, peer review, uh, peer review, peer driven, um, phone line. So as Sean was alluding to earlier with me, when we were talking, it, you don't have to explain your job before you explain you need to offload something and you set up that well on the website and I can't wait. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to even end the show by, by thanking you. Like I normally do, like you weren't on the show. So we're going to zoom you guys out, be in touch, keep in touch. Amazing work. Um, get some sleep, Jill. (laughs) Sean's on a second day. So I'm sure he's just over the top, over rested. We're never yeah. overrested. We know that. But take right. care. Be safe, you guys. Uh, you. Really appreciate uh, everything. We'll be in touch. Cool. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Wow. What a series of guests. Uh, what a partnership. This is going to be fantastic. And it's going to lead me into the, to the, to the closure here. I think a lot has been said. And very little left to say about it. But honestly, hashtag I've got your back 911. Thank you. Thank you for partnering up. Thank you for doing what you do. You guys are um, just a gem, just a hoot to talk to as well. We're going to have a lot of fun with you guys, and we're going to get some serious stuff done as well. Also, Dean Blundell and the DeanBlundell.com network. Couldn't do this without you. Um, Your support is immeasurable. You can check us out there. You can watch the pod on there. You can also end up going on to... Amazon, uh, sorry, correction, Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music for the audios of these pods, uh, the visuals, the uh, the actual show with the pictures and everything. I suggest YouTube. YouTube, the channel there is Offload Delay. We also have our socials with Instagram and Twitter. And follow along a little less or so on my Facebook. It's a little lesser used, but if you need to reach out, my email for the show offload.delay14 at gmail.com any show ideas any thoughts any questions anything you want to reach out that's the best way to get a hold of us thanks again everyone thanks for tuning in we're going to be seeing a lot more i've got your back 911 merch we're going to try and get them back in here uh here we're going to change this around a bit we're going to get them showing here all the time Be safe, everyone. Go support those guys and support those uh, first responders and anyone around you that's uh, just needing a little bit of extra help today. Have a good one. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. 
famous or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.